So, what can you tell me about the nobles? Tomorrow is the woman's moon. Woman's moon? Do you mean the red moon that appears once a month? Yes. The nobles consider blood taken under that moon impure, unfit to drink, which means that if someone comes for you, it will be tonight. <laughs> so who is this noble I seek? Count Magnus Lee. It's said that he ruled this land long before our village was established. However, years ago he disappeared, and most thought him gone forever. But then the light reappeared in his castle two years ago, and we knew he had returned. Some say he's 5,000 or even 10,000 years old. In either case, he's incredibly old and powerful. 10,000 years. A vampire that old will be formidable. Tuning Japanese, a podcast where two dudes in their 30s talk about life for about three hours. Right. And then decide to talk about anime. It was nice. It was nice. It we was great. We don't get enough time to just no, no, talk about life anymore. Yeah, and it was it was it was good. It was nice and cathartic. It's Bill. We and Andy. We <laughs> We we uh and it's just the two of us, and we're gonna be talking about a movie. Vampire Hunter D. Yes, it's time. We've been actually hinting at this for a very long time that at some point we would definitely do this film. And we are doing it right here for the spoopy season. It's spooptacular. Look it out before Halloween. I'm hoping so. Uh, this week's looking iffy for having an episode when we're recording this actually get out. I might miss a week somewhere in Halloween month. But uh, no, we will definitely have this come out by Halloween, around Halloween, on Halloween, I don't know. At some point, it'll be out in the month of October. Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, good old good old Vampire Hunter D, which is, uh, I guess we could start with, why Vampire Hunter D? Um, and I know we've talked about it a little bit way, way back a long time ago, but I feel like it's worth bringing up again. Um, Bill, you in particular, yes, have a pretty a pretty strong connection with this particular anime. Which is something we don't say very often. It's not a sentence we say very yeah, often. Yeah, it's pretty odd, isn't it? Um, so, I don't know. Do you want to talk just briefly again about what Vampire Hunter D is to you? Why you're drawn to it? That kind of thing? We were all kind of babies in the uh, idea of watching anime when we first saw this. Yeah, absolutely. I think we had seen a little bit of Sailor Moon. Mm-hmm. You know, and then some of the Americanized stuff, obviously Transformers, Thundercats, right? Had a, the stuff is an kind anime of, sensibility. The, the as you call it, anime adjacent, right? But Sci-Fi Channel, when I, we were young, middle school, high school age, mm-hmm. Sci-Fi Channel had an anime Saturday morning. Yes, it did. Uh, movies mostly. On Sci-Fi is where I first saw uh, Galaxy Express three nine. They, I think they ran like the first three episodes of three nine. They did, yeah. And uh, that's when I, I I fell in love with that anime. But anyway, I digress. They uh, they played this Kashan Robot Hunter. Yes, Irizarum. Um, oh God, that, we I just was talking about that on the on the Facebook group or something or the Facebook page not that long ago that uh, 
that's on Amazon Prime, which means that that is fair game to do one point. And I feel like that's, I got to wait till Josh is around for that because that was something Josh introduced me to. And he and I both love that fucking show. It's so good. I don't know if I ever talked about this on mic or not. Mm -hmm. My dad had all kinds of like insomnia problems. Oh yes. Yeah. We all of you talked about, we have not talked about this on mic. He usually slept in the living room Mm -hmm. uh, simply because he was up and down all night long. Mm -hmm. Um, a series of injuries, really, was yeah. probably the biggest thing. And my dad, although he was a drag racer, mechanic, you know, hard drinking, hard fighting. Oh, yeah. Was not that secretly a sci-fi nerd. Uh-huh. Star Trek. Star Trek especially was a bonding with us. But Starman and V and all kinds of random stuff from, mm-hmm. you know, The Last Starfighter, I think, even. Oh, yeah. So one night I came upstairs to see, to get a drink of water, use the bathroom, whatever. And I come to the living room and dad is watching something in the middle of the night on (laughs) sci-fi. And I stand there for a second. And I realize there's a mushroom headed alien with a tiny little kabuki mask face (laughs) coming out of its forehead, killing guys on a space station. Yep. And I wasn't even aware that Irizarum had a live action movie, (laughs) but there you go. Yeah, there you are. Didn't he also watch, um, oh gosh. Um, it was a live action Fist of the North, North Star. Star. That's it. Yeah, I couldn't think of the name of the anime. Yeah, live action Fist of the North Star. Another one of those moments I walk in the living room, what are you watching? Is this fucking Fist of the North Star? <laughs> Again, didn't know there was a live action one. Yeah, you and I walk backwards to hell. Yep. I think that was the line that was said. I was like, wait. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> can 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 we rewind live TV in the I, in the 90s? Probably not. I know what that's from, but not in this circumstance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I digress. Um, no, it's cool. It's cool. But of all the things they showed, Akira was another one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but of, of all the things they showed on Saturday morning, the one that I watched every time it was on, mm-hmm. the one I videotaped and watched it multiple times. Yep. Uh, the one that had me and Thurk throwing pipes at each other. Yep. There's a whole story there at one point that we'll just maybe... Was Vampire Hunter D. Yeah. And it was such a cool dichotomy. I mean, D is almost a stereotypically cool dude. You know, he's a vampire cowboy with a super long katana and a robot horse. He belongs on a metal cover. Absolutely. And... As we'll talk about as we discuss it, uh, for me, this movie still holds up mm-hmm. and it still sticks in my head because of who D is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the art's cool. The story might be a little thin. As we'll talk about. But there are moments in this that make him an amazing character. Yeah. To me. He's a definitely an appealing character. And in that sort of like late 80s early 90s badass anti-hero sort of like guy and sort of way and dark and brooding not just but though. but there's more to it than there that. is absolutely yeah i would agree with that so we are going to talk about the original one by the way the original anime the 85 uh, yes 1985 when the film was released um, but I've got a little bit of background on a few other things. Um, did a little bit of Googling around, spent some time on 
Wikipedia and some other sources uh, to just kind of pull some other information about Vampire Hunter D's history and background. I do want to start with the ratings. We had been talking recently uh, when we started some of these animes about ratings. Uh, can you guess the rating on both my anime list and on IMDb, which is, by the way, the same score on both? 1,000. It's out of a scale of 10. <laughs> and it can have decimal points. 12. <laughs> no, lower. 11? Lower. 10? You're bad at this. Lower. <laughs> 9. Lower. 8? Lower. Aw. Yeah. I'm not going to get sad. Well, maybe. Not quite. Well, I don't know. 7? Higher. 7.5. Lower. 7.25. Essentially. 7.2. Okay. Uh, so, so, yeah, I mean, and again, if we go back, I think, really honestly, it is a little bit of a lower rating. Um, I think Gurren Lagann was higher. Um, I think it might be higher than Excel Saga. Um, so that's that's good, right? I'm pretty sure Trigon was a little bit higher on both lists. But yeah, 7.2. In fairness, Excel Saga is a very high barrier to entry. It really is. Yeah, <laughs> it, it totally is. No, um, definitely the, the 7.2. I mean, it, it's usually on a lot of rating scales, that's that's good. Like seven around seven's good. Eight's great. Nine is like... It's a C. Uh, yeah, it's a C. It's a C. I, I would maybe put it a little higher than that just for certain reasons. Um, although, I, as we'll talk about, I do have some things that do, I don't know, don't don't really age as well. But we'll, we'll get there. Um, so a couple other things. Uh, it actually started as a Japanese novel series uh, before it was even a, an animated or a, a manga. And it was written by uh, Hideyuke Kikuchi. And there actually were some illustrations in the book, but it wasn't actually a graphic novel as far as I was able to, to find out. But okay. uh, there were some illustrations by Yoshitaka Amano. It was uh, a 26 novel series that started in 1983. And 21 of them have been translated into English so far. Yes, they exist out there. Huh. There you go. Uh, it was released, obviously, as a film due, due to uh, its popularity uh, a couple years after the novels had started. Uh, it also spawned... Did you know there was a, a Vampire Hunter D video game? I don't think I did know that. Yeah, I knew, there was... I knew about the novels. I didn't know about the video There game. was a survival horror game on the PlayStation 1. No shit. Yeah, 1999. Huh. Yeah, I want to kind of hunt, hunt hunt this down, huh? Uh, I want to find this and see how it, uh, how it actually holds up. I'll look online. Oh, I bet it doesn't. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely sure. There was uh, also some audio dramas that were done. There were uh, adaptations of three of the novels that were done into five parts, where they actually used some of the original cast uh, from the anime to reprise their roles for the audio drama. Oh, cool! So that was kind of cool. The obviously Vampire Hunter D uh, Bloodlust was based, which was the second movie, 2001, yep. Yep. Uh, based on the third novel in the series. That, that's what that story came Recently about. reviewed by our friends over at Reanimator. Yes! On somebody's suggestion for a five-star review. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know who that sly motherfucker was. But yes, uh, definitely go check them out in the questionable Endeavor Network, questandnetwork.com. And it was also, eventually became a, ma a, a manga, manga, mungo, uh, in 2007, actually. It wasn't a, ma wow. a manga until 2007. And it was actually released simultaneously in the U.S., Japan, and Europe. It didn't just start in Japan and then eventually make its way over. They released and uh, or put, not well, dubbed, I guess, you know, like 
translated, created, really. created really in all in all three languages. Uh, and this is an interesting thing I didn't know. It's, it's kind of back ass words. It is. It honestly is. One last thing that I found about its kind of history is that there is a series that is being produced right now called Vampire Hunter D Resurrection. Oh no shit. Uh, yeah. Now don't get your hopes up because oh. there's going to be some CGI. It sounds like the like it's kind of what I was reading. Oh. Well, but everything has CGI. Everything now. is now. So like, I mean, it still could be really cool. It could be. Absolutely. So that's just kind of some notes that I had taken on um, kind of the, the quick and dirty history of the series. So, yeah, well, actually, I'm, I'm really just deadly curious now. I kind of want to just get on and Google Vampire Hunter D, PlayStation. Uh, it got a review of 5.5 out of 10 on GameSpot. There, you can get it for, let's see, there's someone selling it for $32.90 with free shipping. There's a playthrough on YouTube. Oh, there you go. That sounds better. Let's just watch the playthrough. Uh, there's some pre pre owned ones that are actually fairly cheap. Well, part one is 20 minutes, and there's eight parts to it. So, oh, yeah, it looks like there's a there's a a ten dollar pre owned one. Maybe that that'll be that'll be my Christmas gift to you. I'll buy a version of this <laughs> on uh, you know, this one's so expensive because it's a Japanese version. Got it. Anywho, um, but yeah, Bill, since you are so, this is a part of your history and just as when i think of vampire Hunter day i always associate it with you uh we decided that you were gonna do the review for this one yep so just as a complete sort of like full disclosure here uh we will have the anime playing uh in the background a little bit so if there are moments of us fumbling through that i may have to do some editing or maybe i won't um because we're gonna be watching along on some of this it's not a play-by-play by any means but yeah, we're um, not we're not live tweeting we're not live tweeting but we will maybe reference something and have to be like, oh, wait, by the way, this is an audio podcast. We probably, I need to describe this. Uh, so, Bill. Yes. Tell us about Vampire Hunter D. We open on grass. <laughs> like any good anime does, I suppose. Then ass. Oh, wait, we do get ass. Actually, you do see like little little glimpses of like, almost like the underside of her, of her ass yep. a bit. Nope. This anime is not shy about not this nudity. Nope. This is Doris Lang, and she's on guard with a semi-automatic stake. Yeah, this this is a cool ass weapon. Like, can we talk about like this weapon a little bit? Like, it's a fucking rifle. Yeah, it, it ultimately it's a laser rifle. Yeah, I don't know if that thing's supposed to be a bayonet or if it's just like a emitter. Yeah, uh, but yeah, just like a, it kind of looks like a like a steg. Uh huh. But with a. Like a garden trowel stuck on the front of it. Yeah. It's a weird... It's weird. We do get a shot, too, as she's pacing for a very long time, by the way. We'll talk about that in a bit. We do get a, a bit of a look at her necklace. She does have a, a cross yep. on, and I think that's important yep, to, like, thematically to, to, to what we have going on here. Absolutely. She's hunting a dinosaur that's eating her apples. Yeah. It looks like a fucking herbivore at first. Yeah, you would think so. Like, like docile. Well, except for the crazy ass red eyes. Yeah, well, I think it is an herbivore. It's just a vicious one, uh, but it does have kind of the like a theropod shape to it. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of hard to say. She calls her horse Luke, and she rides after. You know what he is? He's a feral Thomas. Holy shit! He is a feral Thomas. <laughs> That's insane. No, it is. It's like a like a really angry Thomas. Yep. So she rides it down and shoots it. She thinks she killed it. Can so we? She, can, sorry, carry no, no. I just want to say, like, 
gruesomely kills it. Oh yeah, that, that's a... That thing's head fucking and brain explodes. You see the brain explode out of it. I mean, that's something I wasn't used to cartoons in either. Is that, that age was guts and gore and the people on G.I. Joe just shot lasers and they'd occasionally, like, those lasers would knock a boulder on somebody. Absolutely. Like, there, there's even, like, a level of watching it back as an adult where I'm like, ugh. Like, you know, some yeah, of it is some still it is very like, disturbing. Uh, she thinks she killed it. She didn't double tap it, though. No, she did not. <laughs> So as she's inspecting the body, it rears up and kills her horse. Yeah, and, and that's like, that's like an Artax level, like, sadness, like, right they, at the start. It's they like, they here, name him and everything. They give him a name, they establish a close connection, like, it seems like it's all she has, and then they just fucking murder the horse. And that's why in Trigun, there are no horses, just Thomases. This makes sense. I will accept this Tom, as canon. Tom I? Tommy? Tommy? Tom, He's, he's the Green Ranger. <laughs> so then she quadruple taps the monster, just to be sure. And then there's a fucking werewolf for no I, reason. I don't know where a werewolf. Did, did, did they ever explain like why there's a fucking werewolf? Well, because he has to kill the horse and pull her necklace off. Yeah, very slow-mo. Yeah. Like, he just reaches out and is like, yoink, I'll be taking that with yeah. my claw, please. It looks like he's going to like go for a grope and then just yanks the... Yeah, thank, thank uh, God that's all that was. We actually have an explanation for why... The werewolf is there. Kinda. He works for the vampire. Cause you... The biggest fucking vampire in the world. Dude, that dude is fucking tall. Like, super tall. And he looks like... I try... I've try. i been trying to figure out like what he like looks like. I feel like there's... we've seen a character or something. Bob Barker. Has... <laughs> <laughs> well, if you were to tell me that Bob Barker was a vampire, like in reality, I'd probably buy it. Tell me that's not Bob Barker. I, I guess... <laughs> I guess. Well, Bob Barker certainly is taking, like, energy bolts to the face like none other. Yep. Also, you know she calls him a noble. I was going to bring that up. I was going to bring that up. That, like, this is another, like, this totally fits into your idea that these nobles in uh, in, in Wolf's Reign are vampires. Yep. This, I like, I almost wonder if it's, like, a callback to, like, Vampire Hunter D. Anime vampires are nobles. They must be. Either that's it or, like, I, I, I do wonder, like, to what extent... They're like, huh, they called him that in D. D's a fucking awesome anime. Let's call ours nobles too. Yeah. As like kind of like a little a little nod. Or they're just going back to the same uh, the same source material. It could be. With Count Dracula, he was That's a noble. true, he was a noble. Absolutely. So we get our title card. They show some weird wildlife. Yeah, we do get that. And then here comes a mysterious stranger in a cool hat and a cool cloak. Riding on Big Pard from Bravestar. <laughs> <laughs> that horse is cool. Like, I'm not going to lie. The horse is pretty badass. Do you remember? Yo, I remember. Okay, oh, okay. yeah, I do remember this. I, say that, I, I get I your wonder, reference. I wonder if that was too deep of no, a... No, no, no. Okay. I, I get that. Some of our younger listeners are going to have to do some Googling, and then they still probably won't get it, <laughs> just because... Growing up, Scott had a toy of Big Pard, uh-huh. and I was always so jealous. Yeah. I like wanted one so bad. I didn't even care yeah. about Brave Star. I wanted the horse. They, well, there was also the uh, He-Man, uh, like mechanical Stridor. Yes, the, like as well. Like yeah, was but, yeah, but Stridor of... didn't stand up, transform into a person, and have a shotgun. No, you're right. Big no. Pard was the best. That is pretty badass. Not gonna lie. Uh, can we also can we just talk here for a second? There is, and this is another example of it already a lot of establishing shots that just like just basically pan around and you get the same thing for like a good like two minutes there are and it i'm not 
naive enough to think maybe it's not some cost saving. Mm -hmm. But it really does establish the mood really well. It does. I will grant and give the you know the fact that it's it is giving us an idea of like the sort of dark sort of tone. But at the same time, it's it is so noticeable. And, and to my and to my modern eyes too, it's such a western. I never realized as a kid, mm -hmm. but it's such a western. And westerns do that, right? So we come back to Doris. And she's standing in his path and trying to establish dominance to him by showing her a gigantic forehead. And her panties. <laughs> yep. The panties are dominance. That big forehead. That Yeah, the forehead, it's quite the severe forehead. <laughs> they uh they could have cleaned that one up a little bit, I think. Yeah, maybe she shouldn't well, I was gonna say, like maybe she I mean her hair is really short, aside from like short in the front and party in the back. <laughs> like she's kind of got a mullet going on a little bit a, a braided mullet a braided mullet yes so she's a bitch to d right away oh yeah she's <laughs> she is not holding back at all like you would think like here's a scary guy and she just goes for yeah. it mainly because he won't talk to her yeah so she, she attacks him yeah, she's basically like i'm gonna murder you now yep and like lashes out with this crazy like her whip is so badass it like not only is it animated cool just initially, but then it spirals out into like eight, like an octa whip. It's kind of like uh, Tigers from yes! Thundercats. Yes, except like totally. Except it's also a lightsaber. Yep, it is because it glows, and then he just breaks the glow. Oh yeah, he doesn't care at all. He's a bad motherfucker. He he totally no sells it, and it breaks. Yep. So she apologizes and uh, shows him her two hickeys, which are the kiss of a powerful noble. Yeah. Um. She got her blood sucked. Yep. So she tries to hire him for uh, three meals a day and sex. Actually, yeah. If I remember correctly, the dialogue essentially is like, you can do with me as you will. Yep. Which is pretty fucked up. And he agrees just by asking if the noble attacked her. Yeah. You could tell he's not interested in the sex part. Not at all. Like, he has no desire. Or at least he's trying to pretend he's not. Right. Absolutely. He's cool as hell about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cut back to the farm uh, where we, see, we meet Doris's brother, Dan, and he's shooting at a flesh-eating glow cloud. What the fuck? Yeah, all, all hail. <laughs> all, all hail the glow cloud. Yeah, that's, it's like a, it's like a weird, like, sentient cloud that's like devouring cattle. Yeah, it, like sheep. Dissolving sheep yeah. just right haphazardly around. Yeah, like, like, like when you say dissolve, like literally it floats over and then like there's a massive yeah, chunk out of the sheep. organs just like fall like, out. Fall out and like you see the spine. <laughs> that's fucked up. Like the one, the coolest thing about Vampire D for me is just visually the weird things that they throw in the the horrific character design the horrific character so design cool. and like just the interesting background choices and even D is cool i mean i know he's super stereotype cool yeah with a big hat and oh, a yeah. cloak but he is he's so cool dan though is super annoying yeah, i forgot well, this kid but he's a kid in the anime he's a so. kid he's an anime kid he's like filling the gohan sort of role here and he immediately starts in on D about what kind of man he is and what kind of horse he has and yeah he's Man, trying man, way man. too hard. Way too hard. Yeah. <laughs> then we cut to town. And for a place with all these monsters, there are a ton of unattended children. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're, like, just, like, hanging out, running around with dogs. Like, there aren't, like, dissolving glow clouds floating around. Yeah, apparently not in town. They, the, the glow cloud stays away from town. Uh, Doris, D, and Dan come into town and are stopped by Greco-Roman. That is such a good name. Is that the dude's name? Yep. Greco-Roman. I didn't realize that was his name. 
Did you add it immediately to your list of potential names for your characters that I you did play too. in role playing games? I did oh, too. Of course, you did. Yeah, Greco Roman is. Um, uh, he's a prissy Trigun villain. He no. I want you. I want to pause right here. Pause. Okay. I know for fans at home, you can't see this image, but like, okay, if you listen to our episodes and you know Trigun, go to like pause when you first see the the prissy dude in the pink suit and the two guys behind him the guy on the right that is a design right from trigon i swear Uh there's like one of the one of the one of the dudes in one of the episodes that is exactly what he looks like with the big lips and the weird like kind of like ponytail hair but like big frame that's exactly it duck face and a top knot yeah yeah (laughs) and then you got on the left purple dude he kind of looks a little bit like one of the guys from uh, Badland Rumble. So yeah, it's this is this is absolutely like dark version of Trigun here. Uh, yeah, Greco Roman. Greco Roman. That's so great. I don't. I don't think I remembered his name. He's trying to help her too, and the only thing he wants for his help is sex. Yeah, he wants what what D doesn't care about, which is bad. It is, but that is kind of the same deal she offered D. Right. But um, that it, was her option, not his. True. It wasn't like him initiating and forcing his way upon true. her. True. I think really, I mean, it's really more of a personal thing. She just doesn't like him. I don't blame her. He's a no. scumbag asshole. Absolutely. Like, they go into an alleyway to, like, talk about their deal, and, like, he gets handsy with her right there in the alley. Yeah. He calls her toothsome. Ew. I don't <laughs> even know what that means. I do, but not in this context. <laughs> I guess. Like pasta that's cooked properly is toothsome. Huh. It has a little bit of a little bit of resistance. Ooh. Yeah. Ew. I don't like that. I don't either. No. He tries to force himself on her. Oh yeah. And he absolutely gets his ass kicked by her. Oh, big time! I love how she just kicks his ass and then just like walks out of the <laughs> out of the dark alleyway they're in. So, in typical douchebag fashion. He runs out and tells everybody a horrible secret about her. Yeah. In this case, that she's bit by a vampire. Yeah. Like, prissy guy gets turned down, so all of a sudden he's like, Yeah, well, well, she's a vampire now, yeah, or something. Like, uh. well, I want to tell my friends that she has herpes. I mean, that's kind of what he does. Dude. You're so right. Yeah. That's so crazy. So that leads us right to the mayor's office. Yeah, it does. They discuss Doris's condition. Like it's any of his damn bit. Well, I guess it kind of is. In this is. case, it kind of is. It it's kind it's is a disease. Honestly. You're right. The mayor wants to send doors to a vampire camp that hasn't been used in 50 years. This part was fucked up. It really is. Especially because last time they used it, the vampire got mad and killed 30 people in town. And the girl went crazy and died. Yeah. So, this solution is... Bad. Bad. It's a terrible solution. Uh, the town doctor's like... No, don't use it. <laughs> yeah, the doctor, he's, I forgot about he's that. He's totally right. He's like, no, why would you do that? That worked out terribly. Yep, pretty much. D agrees that it makes more sense to leave her out in the open until he comp- completes his contract. The mayor wants to know what happens if he can't handle it, and Doris just says that she'll kill herself if that happens. Kind of fucked up, but this no. This girl way. does not do anything halfway. No, she's like all in. <laughs> like she is 100% Everything all she in. decides she's going to do, she balls to the wall. Yeah, I, I, can admi- I can admire that. So this doctor character becomes important. Later. Later. But like like he becomes an integral character. So I, like, I feel like this is 
they could have integrated him a little better earlier on. I agree. Right now, he's just, I'm a doctor. You probably I'm a doctor, do- and I have exposition yeah. to tell. I think you probably shouldn't do that. Yep. Cut to Dan sitting next to D as he cries. Doris. Oh, goes- well, well, to be to be to be clear, D's not crying. Yeah, Dan is crying. Dan is crying. Dan's sitting next to D crying. Yes. Doris goes into the general store with and, the doctor. Yeah, with the doctor, and the shopkeep won't sell her anything. Yeah, pretty fucked up. Which is dumb because the easier thing would be do give her everything she wants and get her out of there. If yep. you're afraid of her scaring off your customers, don't make it a thing. Absolutely. It's not like she's going to get vampire all over the goods. Just sell it to her and leave. Get vampire all over the goods. <laughs> I just want, I needed a second just to like reflect on that sentence. All right, carry on. We go back to D, and he gives Dan a pep talk. He does. He plays the fatherly role here. Yep, he tells him it's okay to cry and scream and do whatever. Just don't do it in front of Doris. Uh, she doesn't need that shit right now. I this is like my favorite moment with D. Mine too. This is one of the things I was getting at. It's yeah. so good because he's he, he, you don't see a character like this that's just like telling you know that role of like it's it usually it's just like be tough you know yep. blah blah blah. It's it's hey if you're sad that makes perfect sense. Yeah, do what be you gotta sad. do, but don't do it in front of her. Right, but yeah, she's yeah. also going through a really tough time. So she just need... at least try to be strong for her. But on your own time, it's not a bad thing to be weak. Yep. Yep, he does give her positivity and hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what being a man means. Yeah, I like that. I like the definition. Uh, yep. It's an interesting definition. I actually wrote right here. I was like, damn, that was profound. And now I'm wondering how much a DI internalized as a role model. There you go. <laughs> there you go. He's your, he's your role model. We do see him without the hat in this next scene. Yeah. I think it's one of the only times we see him without the hat. And even then, we don't get a, a full look at his face, I don't believe. I think we get far away kind of shots. Yeah, because he's in the shadows. And or, like, or like half of his ha- face. Like, it's still somewhat obscured. At yeah, we times. never get a full, a full, unobscured, dead-on look at his face, I don't believe. I don't believe so either. Okay, so that night, a hot air jellyfish... <laughs> what? A hot air jellyfish demonstrates the family's electrical fence. Huh. Oh, no, I guess we do get one shot. Oh, I guess yeah. Okay. Sorry yeah, again. I, sorry again. We have that. We have it running yeah, in the I background. I forgotten too. But there is a scene actually. This I forgot about this scene is when uh, when she comes down to talk to him. You also get like a weird grandma in a picture frame in the background there for a second. <laughs> Doris has put Dan to bed, and D looks at the family stuff. Essentially, <laughs> they don't have a TV. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's, <laughs> he's just got he's something bored and alone, and just like hanging out, checking out their living room. And we get a mysterious voice that starts to taunt D. About mm-hmm. being a virgin. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know this voice, by the way, I remember this character having a bigger part in the movie than he ended up having. Yeah. Like, I just remember him being, like, really integral. But he really isn't all oh. that much in this film. It's really just somebody to give D shit while he's alone. Because he doesn't talk. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Doris comes down explaining that her father was a werewolf hunter. Uh, and that's why she knew how to find a vampire hunter. Yeah. Because, you know, they're uh, yep. the same thing. Someone specialized in fighting nobility. Well, they're not the same thing, but she knew to find one. True. They discussed the next day's woman's moon. Okay. A, a blood moon. Yeah. Uh, I was watching this with Ray, which Ray was going to join us for this review, but unfortunately he wasn't able to. And uh, I just remember him about choking on, like, whatever he was drinking, water or whatever, and he turns to me and he goes, That's a period, right? <laughs> I was like... I think so. It's like a space period. Yeah, it's like a space period. 
It's uh, a blood moon. And, and vampires can't drink nasty blood that coming from her tonight. Yep. 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 It's yeah, exactly that's what about, you think. That's what they did. It's exactly what they did. Uh, oh, oh, and this is where we get to see face, hand face. We're not there yet. Okay, dang. I'm a little unsynced. Oh, sorry, carry on. Spoilers. <laughs> the Count is apparently formidable at 10,000 years. That's a long time, you know? I still say he looks like Bob Barker in the Thriller video. Yeah, wait, yeah, wait, what? Was Bob Barker in the Thriller video? No, but if he was... He oh, was. okay, I was like, now I'm like, this is a bird hat thing? Um... um. <laughs> So someone is panting as if he runs, as if they're running towards the house, and D senses it. He knows that he won't send vampires first, so he puts Doris to sleep with his freaky face hand. That hand is fucking freaky. Yeah, and we find out later that's the hand, that that's what was whispering and talking to him. Yeah, yeah, that's his that's his sidekick. What's his name again? Left hand. Is that just what they call him? That's all they ever call. Okay, him. all right. I thought he had a name, but nope. Uh, so D steps outside to face the mutants and the werewolves, and there is a vampire actually. Yes, uh, there the, is a shitty brat daughter of the count. Yes, what's her name again? Lanika. They've also got a werewolf and a mutant. Rage and sigh. Ah, yes, Rage and sigh. And I remember him as a maybe it's just a different dub, mm-hmm. but I remember him being Ragancy. I think he was. In the original dub, just it was Rigancy instead of Ray Jinsai. Yeah, but in this one, it's clearly two words Ray Jinsai. Yeah. And he is a badass with a bladed boomerang. He's... And David Bowie hair. Yeah, you know, bonus badass points for the hair, but I don't remember. I always remembered him being more integral and cooler than what he was. Like watching I back. Think he is cool. Re- well, he's not that integral, but he's pretty fucking cool. Uh, he's all right. He's not as cool as I remember him being. Like I, th- there's something about him that just doesn't jive as like a legit threat to D. This is exactly the scene that me and Thurk were enacting when I was throwing pipes at him and him in the head. Yeah, instead of, because you didn't have a bladed boomerang to throw around. No, we found PVC pipes. Yes. And he took a nice long one to be D, and I took all the short ones so they'd be blades. Mm-hmm. It's true. And then... I you, won. You, yep, you <laughs> got him straight dead center in the forehead. And uh, for a long time after, when it was still marked on his forehead, we were drawing symbols in it. Which I thought- would you the reboot symbol, I think, at one point? At the time, I thought I killed him. Yeah. No, I... Yeah, he survived somehow. <laughs> uh, we also find out he can warp space around himself. Yeah, that's fucked up. And I don't know and if that's cool. How, I don't know if that's how he's controlling the boomerang, or if he can also control the boomerang. I don't know. Uh, but, because he was able... Because what did he do that was, like, really crazy? Well, didn't he get stabbed, but then, like... He, his... sta- he got stabbed by, by D. Yeah. And then, like, warp space right under his skin so it went through D instead. Which is just weird! Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting power. Yeah, it's a good thing D heals so fast, though. Yeah. Uh, this is actually where we find out he's a Dampier. Yes, and what is a Dampier? It's a half-vampire. Okay. Um, Blade? Yes. A... Blade would Blade, be a good, a good well, analog. Good analog. Blade is a little different in his own right. Right, but just just generally speaking. But yeah, typically uh, the son of a... Or not the son. The offspring of a mortal and a vampire Absolutely. is a Dampir. Right. More and actually, that's real mythology. I think Russian. I think you're right, too. 
More on that later. Yep. So the vampire princess gets shitty about that, too. Apparently she's kind of racist. Yeah. There's a little bit of vampire racism. Um, and so she throws a bomb, and Dee tells them to get the fuck out. And they do. And he says, they are transient guests, fated to return to the darkness. Who's done transients? I, I think that line was uh, done differently, too, in the original dub I watched. I think it Probably. was Shadows of the Past are cursed to return from whence they came, I think is the way it was Ooh, said. Ooh, I, like I like that better. I do, too, actually. That's actually a much better way. Uh, so Grandpa Munster over there talks to the fog about his da- <laughs> about his daughter's failures, and then then we get to see her. Yeah, so she shows up, prays to a portrait of Dracula for some reason. Yeah, that is le- no. And when you say that, it's not like oh, it's just Dracula. It's legit Dracula. Yeah, it's legit like, Dracula. They call it Dracula, and she's legit praying. Yeah, like a deity. Yeah, I'm not even being a smartass. I mean, I guess when you think about it, I mean, it makes sense. The king, at least. Yeah, absolutely. Um. So Rajan's eye uh, comes to put her to bed. Was that like a weird sexist thing? I don't think so. Sexist? Yes. I thought you were going to say it's a weird sex thing. No. Oh, okay. Is it sexist? Maybe a little bit. Okay. And Lamaka just makes fun of him because he wants to be a vampire. Mm-hmm. So the next day, D shows up at the castle and uses his horse to do a fastball special into the castle. It's bad ass. Just charges up at that fucking castle. Yep, and just leaps off. He's immediately met by a whole horde of gross, evil shit. Um, it's disgusting. Like, you've got, like, weird maggots crawling on the ceiling. You've oh, got... Little leech. Little leech things. things and yeah. zombies. Uh, and... Like, like bulbous things with, like, vag- like jagged vagina teeth mouths. Yep. And, oh, it's just... Everything is just... But he's got a marble. He does have a marble. <laughs> Did they explain this marble? Nope, he pulls out a marble and they all die. Yeah, they, they die or cower against yeah, they the run, wall. run like a bitch and die. And he walks through this long hallway, and that's it. Until he's attacked by... Mothman. Uh, it's kind of, kind of reminds me of Sauron from X-Men. Kind of? But like with like a really fucked up head. With, with a dumb football head? Yeah, like football-headed Sauron meets like the assassin from uh, Trigun with like the blade arms. Yeah. Like that's kind of what I, I, I kind of get there. And he's got a giant as backup. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, a legit giant with like flaming balls, explosive uh, balls. Yep, both of whom he just sort of avoids. Yeah, he doesn't actually fight them. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of legit just kind of goes. Uh, I'm just gonna walk past you now. He gets inside. His hand starts giving him shit. <laughs> I love the hand. Uh, but he knows it's a trap. The hand doesn't have to tell him it's a trap. The trap, really, though, is just a ghost kitty. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and a freaking like evil corpse grandma. Well, yeah, but but you gotta look at the, the events. There's a ghost kitty. He uh-huh. tries to stab it. Yes, and it doesn't work. So the next logical thing to do is punch a hole in a random wall. Yeah, he just he just walks up, <laughs> just beats the shit out of a wall, and I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? But then it takes him to to like corpse granny. Yep, and Regancy. Yep, Regent's eye. It's just a random witch. Yeah, like, like no explanation, just, yep. just like, floating, like, a little gnome witch, yep. like, like with a corpse-like face. And she's like, ha-ha, I'm a witch! Dee knows way more about this world than we do. Yeah, it's probably a good thing that he does. Because uh, I don't know what the fuck's going on. And, and, okay, that's something I never caught before, by the way, but we'll get there in a second. What was that? The, his sentient cloak? Was it sentient? Did you see, like, what it did? I'm gonna go back. I, I, I know what it kind of did, but I didn't really catch... Never thought of it as sentient. 
hang on. Watch this shit. So, okay, while we're setting up this scene, Rage inside's there. He throws his boom, his bladed boomerang. Um, it sets which is, a pit trap. Yeah, it sets a pit trap off. But as he is falling, his cloak reaches out on its own and grabs the ledge. I don't think that's a sentient cloak. I think that's telekinesis. Oh, you think so? Because he looks up and then Oh, the you're right. I guess it. he does do that. But it seemed like it was, again, one of those things where I can... I can see where you can read into it. But I think He that has tough. a power where they don't explain it. Yep. But then I love how Rage Inside just throws the thing again and cuts a, a like a semicircle. Cuts a nice circle to to make him fall. Yep. And yep. he falls into a giant pit with water and corpses. several miles apparently. I mean, yeah. he falls a long time. But he's okay. I bet he turned his cloak into like a freaking parachute or something. Yeah. Uh, so he's down in the catacombs now. The hand starts giving him more crap as it does. Like I said, I think that's the whole point of the hand is just to have somebody just give him shit in these silent moments. Right. Lots of dead bodies. Yep. <laughs> I also wrote my notes here. Dean knew it was a trap hamburger helper. Get off his back. <laughs> <laughs> nice. This is all apparently ruins of a war 10,000 years ago. Yes. That's the same age as the vampire in this movie. I bet there's some sort of connection. Nope, not at all. Okay. Hey, look, some sirens. Hey! That's a thing that, again, is just weirdly going to happen. Like, literally, he just finds a body of water. There's music playing, and there's sirens. Yep, they're all wearing dresses made of their own hair. Like you do. It kind of reminds me of, uh, I mean, obviously, like, there's there's some mythology there and, and some imagery. I know that, like, there was, like, like it kind of reminds me of uh, Luigi Matsumoto's sort of, like, design of women. Like, this idea of, like, the really super long hair, um, you know, a lot of his, sometimes his, like, trickier characters or, like, even more gentle characters, too, will have this, like, really kind of long, sort of flowing hair. Like, it almost reminds me of a Leiji Matsumoto. Their nipples look fake, though. They're just, like, painted on a Sharpie. Oh, yeah, those are <laughs> those are, those are are definitely fake nipples. That should be indicator number one. And, actually, that's the indicator that they're actually a frickin' Hydra Medusa. This is some, like, D&D shit here. It really is. Like, like this really... all three women turn into... <laughs> Like their boobs melt away and their heads turn into snake heads. Yeah. This is... You realize they're all one monster. Yeah, this is a record of Lotus War moment, like where we uh, are all of a sudden fighting this weird Hydra thing. And it uses its hair to wrap D up. Yep. I think that he may be in trouble now. But they're going to have sex with him, kind of? They're going to drain him. But like... They're called it's... a... It's like a sensual thing. Like they're calling about... him a Lamia, which is also a D and D monster. It all, it, but it's, yeah, that's it also a mythological thing. Mythological too. creature in its own right. But like when they, when they, we'll come back to that. Yeah, well, I guess we'll come back to it. They get all sexy. Yeah, well, they're they're gonna drain his essence, I guess. And and the marrow of his bone. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> Hey, you like podcasts. Do you also like wrestling? If you do, you should check out the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. Every Thursday, some friends and I talk about the week that was in the WWE and TNA. We mostly mock TNA, but uh, we'll also predict pay-per-views. We'll make jokes. We'll make really, really terrible jokes. And every so often, we'll laugh at a dead person's expense. I apologize for that. But check out the Rundown every Thursday on the Questionable Endeavor Network.
I'm glad you asked a second time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't just accidentally not record any of that. <sighs> well, this, at least the dog's not panting in the microphone. That's true. We, 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 <laughs> hey, you have to stop to let the dog out. All right, carry on. Well, so what happens after these weird sex lamias are having orgasms? So we're back to Doris's house. Yes. And the doctor is warning her not to fall in love with D because he's dangerous. Although I'm pretty sure he's just into D also. Uh, he wants the D he from D. He wants the D. So this is also where the weird-ass monsters show up again. Yep, or for sh- the first time, some of them. Yep, they show up as a big gang attack on her house. Yeah, the gung-ho, they're gung-ho gunning it. Led by uh, Regan Sai. Yes! Uh, we get the Mothman, the Giant, and Spider Ovary. Oh, that's a disturbing name. But apt. Like, he just, like, goes, ah! And, like, spiders just, like, yeah, he's burst just, out he's of just him. just a hunchback that bursts spiders. It's fucking weird. Um, and they crawl over the, all over the doctor's face, and it's really disturbing. Yeah, it's gross. Uh, they attack so they can take her to court. Which I suppose somebody should have thought, well, okay, he can't bite her tonight, but... You know, he might come get her. Yeah, he could like, hold her. So then we get down to the weirdest bargaining ever, where Doris says that she'll bite her tongue off and bleed to death if they hurt Dan and the doctor. Yeah, I when I was when I was watching this with Ray, I was like, okay, is that a weird translation thing? Like that seems very strange. And Ray was like, no, you could totally die from doing that. And I'm like. Really? And he's well. He he was explaining how rich, like of a like, how much blood, like, you know, goes to the tongue. Yeah. So like that, you know, if you were to bite off your tongue and it wasn't tended to, you could easily bleed out. Huh. She doesn't do anything halfway. No, she's <laughs> she's all in. Well, Regansay doesn't know that. No, he does not. So what he says is, "Oh, she's supposed to be intact, so we better listen to her." Yeah, that's exactly what we get here. But don't forget about like the overly sexed up Lamia. We're about to get to that. Yeah, we're going to get there. Doris is given to the count, and he's doing that vampire thing where he's gloating on how great of a bride she's going to be. And and he'll let her speak out this one time. And this is the scene where I realize that this is Vincent Kennedy McMahon in vampire form. <laughs> that, no, you're right. Yeah, it's, he just looks bored. Yep. Too. It's just weird. He does show her some naughty, naughty videos of Dee giving the Medusa's girl sweet ecstasy for uh, half of a day. She's kind of jealous. Yeah. <laughs> this is such a weird thing because, like, they're getting all sexed up off of his juices. And he's all like, I can last a really long time. Yep. And she's a little bit into the Dampier thing, too. She's uh, like, yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, but you could tell that, like, the girls are getting, like... Like the girls is in the Lamia's are Lamia getting, is get are getting worn sweet out. Sweet ecstasy. Yeah, but they're getting worn out too. You can see like the sweat on their face. Well, see now you've ruined my joke because I said I was going to say Bob Barkula uh, <laughs> <laughs> puts Doris to sleep because he's just he's had it with her shit. You know I can't blame him. Like he's had her for five minutes and he's already sick of her shit. Yeah, he is pretty much over. He's her. like here have Xanax. Yeah, and then we get a weird ass scene where she's in bed. Yep. And his daughter shows up? Yeah, she's lurking around the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we go back to D. And he, and he, <laughs> Who cuts a bitch? Yep. He or three. O- he overwhelms his menage a four with his endurance. Yes. And then gets kinky and bitey. Yeah. He ruins their day. Yeah, he gets, gets them kicked out of bed. Yeah. Um. So he dispatches of them. 
And back to Lamaga, she is not having Doris at all. She doesn't want Doris to be her mother-in-law. I mean, I guess I get that. Or not mother-in-law, stepmother, stepmother, I guess would be the correct term there. Yep. And D threatens to cut off his hand just to spite his hand, which is not how that saying goes. No, it isn't. Like <laughs> D does show up. He takes out Lamaka before she can stake Doris. Mm-hmm. She's going to stake Doris. Yeah, she's going to kill her. Uh, she doesn't really get humans either. I mean, it'll work. Oh, absolutely, it'll work. It's but not she can the find most... an easier way to do it. It's not the most effective way to do it. Uh, so D snatches up Doris and runs for it, fucking up all the monsters we've met so far. He just boss rushes them. Yeah, he does. Including using his hand on spider cyst. Well, he uses the hand to suck up the spiders being sprayed at him. Yeah. And then he just bisects the spider loom right right there. Yeah, it's it's kind of sadistic like and gross like when you get this moment of like him crunching the spiders and then he cuts the thing in half and you just see all the entrails from the thing like cut in half and it's it's disturbing they use two different voices overdubbed when he cuts it in half scroll back what yeah well to cut this because it's because it's audio audio but (laughs) (laughs) oh that's golden that's great I love Uh, the two of them fall away with different (laughs) voices (laughs) <laughs> oh man so the only ones left are uh, Ray Jinsai and the Mothman yes and little spirits that come out and bite him oh yeah but that doesn't really work long although we do get a weird scene where he's like he does cut the uh, the witch in half oh yeah and then so Ray Jinsai tries to take out D with his boomerang mm-hmm. when he hears movement in the woods yeah and takes out Mothman yeah, he does. He does accidentally attack and kill his own his 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 own man. I feel like he doesn't care that much. No. <laughs> wah, wah. So Doris is laying there having a nightmare while D is outside fixing the fence. Mm-hmm. Dan also seems to love D, which of course. Well, and more of a more of a like big brother, little yeah. brother sort of thing. Be my daddy. <laughs> Be my old my older brother-in-law. Yep. Then we're back to Greco and his hookers. Yes, hookers. Yeah, we we I we kind of forgotten about Greco. Uh, he's <laughs> you need been... something to do when you're a pussy boy in a weird future western. Hookers. Yeah, try hookers. Try hookers. <laughs> Talk to your doctor about hookers. One of them looks like uh... side effects, man. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> One of the hookers kind that gets pushed over kind of reminds me of like, oh god, what's that anime? Bubblegum? Not about Bubblegum Crisis. There was an anime. I know what you're talking about. Like, like, like she oh, kind of looks is like it Dirty Pair. Dirty Pair. She kind of okay. looks like a character from Dirty Pair. So he just randomly gets done with him and decides to rush into the surveillance room so he can watch Ray Gensai be given the time-bewitching incense. Yeah, this seems like some bullshit, like, MacGuffin bullshit. <laughs> it, it kind of is. It's it's a candle. Yes. Let's explain it. It's a fucking candle. It's it's a candle that makes vampires go owie. Yes, it's an owie, it's an owie vampire candle. <laughs> it's really... That's all there is to it. Later on, Dan is taken hostage... And the note is left left in Thieves' Cant. <laughs> what is this, Lotus War? Uh, Ray has a personal vendetta, so he's overcomplicated this plot. Yeah. Uh, the incense was apparently a fake one, though. And Ray just gets punked out and loses a hand. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. D, D is still my hero, because he just stands there making fun of his life choices. Yeah, it's... It's a really fun scene. It's it's it just cracks me up. 
like what happens here between yeah, them. Doesn't kill him, doesn't doesn't finish him, doesn't incapacitate him any further, just just stands there and tells him uh-huh. he's he's made bad life choices. Yeah, and it's one of those things like you, you expect like a really cool battle. Yep. And you don't get it. Nope. It's just totally pulled out the rug pulled out from under. Yep. Uh, the doctor shows up to take Doris to a safe house he found, returning from Old Man Harker's. Is that supposed to be a reference to Harkness? Re- is it Hark? Is it Harkness? No, it's Harker. Is it Harker? It's uh-huh. okay. It's Harker. Okay, I couldn't remember like, uh, the exact name. I-, I thought so, and then you you made me doubt myself. Yeah, sorry. I, I might be getting that mixed up with Doctor Who. Um, I can guarantee I am not. Okay. Lamaka shows up again to kill Doris. Who thinks she can handle this one on her own? But yeah, because they're they're traveling. Yep, they're like heading yeah, out. The doctor's taking her to the safe house. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Lamaka shows up. Doris thinks she can handle Lamaka on her own, mm-hmm. but plot twist: Mofo Doc is a vampire. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. It's just kind of like he was a vampire. Ah, well, he wasn't a vampire the whole time. I know, but so, still. somebody turned him. And he, and he, <laughs> I, have to, I have to note he gets pervy. He reaches out and like snatches, I think the cross, but like in doing so, like just pulls her boob out. I think he just pulled her boob out. Now, and then I want to note in the next scene, her boob is perfectly fine and back in place. Well, she had to put it back in. But I look like he ripped It's just the, a bodice. But it looked like he ripped the material a little bit. I think he just popped it out. Okay. So he's just pervy. Yeah. He's just being a perv. Okay. It just seemed like really sudden, like you, all of a sudden. You can kind like, of get under a boob, like, God. Well, it's just. They're kind of, valuable. They, I mean, it's like all of a sudden, are, like. You can pop them like, out. I like, get that, but it's like all of a sudden, you know, boob out, you, and then, do like. you get that? Had, yes, and like three seconds later, it's like it's back in. She adjusted. It was really sudden. <laughs> I just assumed in anime, they would keep the boob out the entire scene. You know what I mean? Well, granted. It would be an excuse to have, have tit show. <laughs> well, he continues to be a pervert, and Lavaga just takes him. You're gross. I'm yeah, done. he does. Like, yeah. She, she does. She just is like, yeah, I've used you for what I need. You brought me her. I'm just going to kill you now. Like, cold-hearted to the extreme. And then she mourns, like, the death of her, like, perverted, like, friend. Well, because he was nice before he was a vampire. I get True. that. Yeah, I get it. And then Lavica's just like, eh, you know what? Screw it. Just leave with D. Yeah, what was that about? I guess she ultimately just doesn't want Doris and her family. So she's like, you know what would be better? How about you just get up with the guy and run? Yeah, it's it's weird. And it almost works until, well, everyone's favorite asshole shows up. Yep. She is orgasmed into a coma by a flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> That's way too long for a title. <laughs> no, it's Greco Roman. He has the incense. Yeah, uh, Greco Roman shows up. He does like the only badass thing he does all movie. Yeah, and he only does it so he can sexually assault girls. Well, that that <laughs> does take away from the cool factor. Yeah. So Doris actually tries to defend Lamica at this point. Which is definitely unique. You don't kind of expect that. And then Dan comes through and shoots his ass off a cliff. It's so <laughs> amazing. Dan, like, grows a pair here and becomes a man, defends his sister, and yep. it's pretty damn great. Uh, Lamica wakes up. But wasn't, wait, wasn't Dan, like, taken hostage? Yeah, yeah. So how does that work? I, you know what? I don't know. You're right. You know what? They didn't actually say... We never saw him hostage. We just saw a note that said he was. But where did he come I think from? We're, I think Rick Ansai just, like, waited for him to go to town and just pegged up a note that said, Hey, I got your brother. 
That's, yeah, I mean, that, I guess. Because fuck it. That's, uh... <laughs> You're right, that is kind of, a, I mean, D's with him. Maybe he just went and got him. Oh, yeah, yeah off camera, D yeah, just goes camera. and rescues him. Kill, slices up another hundred or a hundred or a thousand, <laughs> like, demons. And it's like, I got your brother. <laughs> Go into the castle, get your brother, bring some eggs. Mm-hmm. Salamica still acts kind of shitty to humans. Mm-hmm. And D quotes Dracula at her. Yeah, that's one way to shut up a vampire. Yeah. You know, quote the 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 big vampire. How does D know Dracula, though? Pot twist. Dun, dun, dun. Spoilers. More on that later. And then we go to a gratuitous shower scene in a wet t-shirt. Doris throws herself at D. Yeah. Almost literally. No, it's, it is. It's just an excuse to, like, show her ass. Yep. And then, like, get random, like, lecherous moments in her tits. And then... And then a wet t-shirt. And a wet t-shirt. Absolutely. So, you know, we could see things. Things and stuff. And she does throw herself at D because she is essentially explaining all of her feelings for, for him. And that ends up giving D a turgid fanger. <laughs> Can we make a, a, a pact, Bill, <laughs> you and I right now? Okay. In this moment? Okay. That you never use the phrase turgid fanger ever again as long as you live not even next halloween not even <laughs> and quit put typing in turgid fanger into your list of D characters that you want to play at some point down the road i don't know that i can make that promise <laughs> I... uh, yeah he, he <laughs> freaks out and he's ready to like devour her boy and he, but he pushes her away. He does because he's like, "You're too blood filled." Yeah, he's like, "I need a cold shower and a nap." Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "Don't make me open you up like a like those freaking what are those what are those uh, like that Capri Suns?" I was like, "Capri Sun," <laughs> you know, like just like just rip into her. That is not how you open a Capri Sun. <laughs> is that not, like, I can never get the damn straw. I was never strong enough to get it in Because you tried to rip it open. I know. You have to be very gentle that's, with a straw. That's, I ruin a lot of shirts that way. <laughs> Learned to never wear white shirts oh, when I man. had that in my lunch. Hilariously, Greco survived Old Aaron Run to do a pissed off Fred downside. <laughs> I love Fred. I love how they both survived this. I like, know. Each of their things. Yeah. It doesn't work out well for, for good old Greco. <laughs> He's like, wah, wah. He's like, oh shit, it's you. <laughs> well, fuck. So now we're back to plan A, where he uses the cripple D and stake him. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. And not like a, a nice, like, you know, going out for a stake. Not dinner. a flaming yawn. No. Ray lights up the candle and then sticks a piece of wood into D's heart. Yes. Effectively looking like he's bested D. Yep. It also hurts Lamica for some reason. I don't know how... Oh, I guess he... Never mind. I know how he got the candle. He got it from... Uh, from... What's his name? From, uh, from, from Greco. Greco-Roman. Yeah. yeah, that's what... Yeah. He found him. He's like, oh, I'm hurt. Ah. And then Ray's like, hey, fucker. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to kill you and take my shit back. Yep. And that's what he does. So Ray cuts off D's hand to even the score. He does. And he cuts off the hand... But it's kind of a favor, because... Yeah, it works out in his favor, but he I guess he doesn't know it. But that's the hand with Facey McFacerson. Yeah, that's left hand the face. Yes. And D's better off not listening to his shit. Mm-hmm. Maybe he can get a hook or something. Maybe. Oh, yeah! Hook hand! Yep. 
Hell yeah, baby. So Thing crawls around independently for a while. Meanwhile, Lamaka is telling the Count he can't have Doris. She's dangerous. Uh, Count Lee, that's his name. Ah, we get the name. Uh, fires back that it was fine. He took it was fine when he took her mother. That is savage. It is pretty savage. She's a damn here, and she didn't even know it. Damn. Yeah, that's a really cold thing to hold from your daughter. Yeah. Like, oh, by the way, no, no, that's a cold thing to tell her right then. She's like, yeah, you can't have a human wife. That's dangerous. He's like, yo, mama liked it. It's like, damn. By the way, you're that thing you hate. <laughs> <laughs> that's cold existential crisis coming up also Ray ends up stopping the count and asking uh, if he can be made nobility finally and basically gets a middle finger he goes eh <laughs> he goes all magic eight ball ask again in 50 years yeah that's <laughs> such a oh god I hate this vampire so much he's such a prick I know uh, so Thing crawls over and reattaches himself but the glow cloud mutant thing Mm -hmm. the dissolving fart yeah makes a return (laughs) has made a return so the hand keep up with me here okay i'm gonna try we're gonna try to figure this out eats a bunch of dirt yep i guess for sustenance and then he sucks really bad at his suck attack uh well well, first of all i want to mention we get the reanimated scene a couple different times of him pulling up the exact same clump of dirt yeah we do and devouring the dirt the exact same way yep so since his suck attack sucks. <laughs> yep, that's what's going on. It's not working. It's not working. Nope. It's not working. No. Nope. If anything, he just got his attention. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I think that was the idea. So we move on to plan B, which is CPR. Yeah, he's a <laughs> he's giving one-handed CPR to D. It's the most bonkers thing. He's like he keeps it's funny because like the hand will like his arm will raise and he'll look at the like glow cloud and be like, oh shit, and kind of go back and forth. And the glow cloud is literally right on him and he's just punching D in the chest. <laughs> but in super heroic fashion, D awakens at the last minute and chops the cloud into dirty sponge chunks. <laughs> <laughs> dirty sponge chunks also sounds like a terrible phrase that I don't almost want you to never say again. <laughs> That's pretty gross. Well, buckle up, there's more. Oh god. <laughs> Uh, so back at the castle, it's a nice day for a black and red wedding. Yep. Yep. I was waiting for you to sing it. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I'm not going to. Dan tries the old sneak attack and gets force-filled to doubt a shaft. Yeah, why is Dan... I guess he's trying to protect his sister, but... Anime uh, kids be doing things. And how did he find his way here? <laughs> That's a better question. <laughs> like, okay, not only how did he find his way here, how did he get in as far as he has? Shafts? I guess. <laughs> He fits in tubes. <laughs> he's like a ferret. <laughs> so as he's falling, Ray actually saves him for no particular reason. No. Um, and then he attacks the Count with the candle. Mm-hmm. Yep, he does. Too bad Lee is apparently immune, and he psychically splatters Ray's head scanner style. Yeah, it's it's another one of those really disturbing scenes. Yeah, it was gross. It's cool, but he deserved a better go out than just being slapped around. Yeah, like, he got slapped around from pipe to pipe, his head yeah, just like... Ermac style. A smeary mess. <laughs> and it's just like literally at one point, there's like blood is streaming out like a spider web, and then his head explodes. And it is just this 
disturbing. It's slow motion. Like, it takes it apart. Yeah, and the eyeballs are slowly jutting out, and it's just, ugh. It's, 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 it's not even an explosion so much as a dismantling. It's ugh, gross. It is really gross. And he just leaves the body hanging upside down like an upside down cross. Yep. Which is some gross symbolism. They have to probably walk under that to get to the altar. So, like, I'm sure they're speckled in his blood. So it turns out the vampire weddings are just the Undertaker's druids mumbling in a mob. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a reference that if you want to go check out and learn more about the Undertaker, go check out the Raw Attitude podcast, also part of the questionable endeavor network at questendnetwork.com. And just before he may bite the bride, <laughs> the weird like animation that. of him taking the knife to the eye. And he just, just no selling it. Staring wrote, with a knife sitting in his eye. Wrote, he no sells it. And then pulls it out and his eye bulges and then like heals. Yep. And D just stands there talking shit about real nobles and the transient line. Yeah. And then cuts out a fire. Yep. That's so fucking weird and badass at the same time. Uh so although this is great. All I can really tell you in an audio format is there's a big fight scenes with swords and telekinesis. Yeah, you really... And villainous monologues you, and it, force fields. You and, can't really do it a lot of justice. Yeah, no, it's badass. Yeah. So when Lee gets the upper hand, he tries to use Dee's own sword to kill him. D turns blue and uses telekinesis to stake <laughs> the fuck out of the count. How did he get telekinesis? He's a vampire. He used it on his cape earlier. No, I guess you're right. I was thinking of, like, the time and space power that, that Regancy no, had. No, he's got, like, vampire telekinesis. Okay, that's fair. Lee isn't dead yet, though, and he sends a hypnotized Doris to stab Weekend D. He does. Uh, so that's when Lamika decides to make her full face turn. Oh, yeah. She, she joins the good team. Because she wants to be a real noble. Yes. And that means killing your father, obviously. Well, your evil father. Yes. It worked for Luke Skywalker. That's, that's true. Spoilers. He's in the movie? Yes. Count Lee finally looks at the Dracula picture and gets a clue that Dee's the son of Dracula. Yeah, like, he he sees, like, Dee's face, sees that, and goes, oh, yeah, he must be related. And he is! Yeah, and he, he is. He is literally the son of Dracula, Vampire Hunter D. The D stands for Dick. And Dracula. Dracula yes. Jr. Dracula Jr. D is collapsing the castle, I think. Maybe Lee's death is collapsing the castle, I'm not sure. It's hard to tell. I think he says something about he's got to destroy it. So he tells Lamaka it is okay to just live. There's a brief scene too where the the brother and sister are like it looks like they're floating in midair. Again, I think telekinesis. Okay. Lamaka begs him to tell her to die, but he's fine with her. He's like whatever. But she dies anyway. She does. <laughs> she, yeah. Tell me to die. You don't have to. Just live your life. I. I should definitely die. No, it's okay. I, I, I'm dying. I'm okay. I'll die over here. <laughs> He's like, all right, whatever. I wasn't that attached to you anyway, but all right. Let's, you were let's... a tertiary character, whatever. <laughs> Do as you will. I don't care you anymore. want agency, I will not take that away from you. You don't? I don't care. Uh, and then uh, we turn to an acid trip. Right? Like, I don't really they... understand what's going on in this scene. Well, he did some shrooms first. Why? To get ready for the showdown. But, so, like, the castle shrinks into the ground, and then all of a sudden, there's colors in the sky that, like, let, let go, and, like, there's, like, clouds that continue to fly by. Maybe it's just collapsing, and they just they just did some shrooms to watch the castle collapse. I guess. We're going to get more of those drug ads, you know that, right? Thank you, I appreciate <laughs> that. 
No, it's fucking weird, and and then it just goes away, and then but then the acid trip returns. Because why not? Because we need to flashback. We need to film more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Remember that time that D had the the acid trip? It was great. <sighs> I don't get it, but all right. Next scene, we get a little bit more of that dope flute beat. Yeah, that flute beat is. Yep, I love fire. that song. It's fire. Uh, D sits on Big Pard in the middle of nowhere. He's brought more civilization to a world, and in doing so, left no room for himself. Yes. So he must be going. He's got. He's got to mosey on out of here. Uh, that's kind of really the theme there that makes this a western. Mm-hmm. I agree. I really didn't know how much of a western it was when I was a kid. Seriously, it. After studying the genre a little bit, yeah, it totally it, fits. Wow. It totally fits the the tra- the trappings of that. Uh, Dan and Dora scream to him and wave uh, a lot, a lot. Just a young woman and a boy screaming from the mountaintops <laughs> how much they love the D. <laughs> the hills are alive with the sound of D. <laughs> that was funny. I, reacted. <laughs> I I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it uh, again. Just a young woman and a young boy screaming from the mountaintops how much they love D. Yeah. It's so true. D! <laughs> I love you, D! I love you, D! And there's a scene where he nods to them, and you can't see his face, but you see his his face shift, yep. and you're like, oh my god, he's smiling. Or he's giggling. He's giggling or yelling smiling. D. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> they're saying D. He's like, that's funny every time. So good. Actually, I wrote, I bet he named himself that on purpose because it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't keep a straight face. You know what? I am disappointed, though. Why? There's no post credit scene. No, we do not get I one f- of those. I wanted him to join the Avengers. I... <laughs> what? What? Why? Because it'd be cool. Why would Vampire Hunter D, an anime character, suddenly be like wandering around with Nick Fury in the real world? Why is there a guy on the team with a bow? Because he's Hawkeye. <laughs> Duh. Why is there a god? Uh-huh. A giant. Yeah. A patriot. A, per- a perfect man. Okay, fair. A super spy. Mm-hmm. And a guy with a bow. Because he's, uh, he's, Haw- he's Hawkeye! He's cool, I'm man! I'm not quite sure why Black Widow's there, except for uh, the demographics. I've never, I've never understood the Avengers... I'm just saying. I was always an X-Men person. I mean, I understand the Avengers. You you just gotta you gotta yeah. balance them a little more for the movie. I guess. But the movie ends with a lot of nature. Like it's a lot of nature. Peace. Yeah. There's it's it's a peaceful scene instead of the monsters and the horror. No, that's fair. That's fair. And that's it. That's it? That's it for Vampire Hunter D. Uh, this is the point where we talk about thoughts. And since you reviewed it, Bill, thoughts on Vampire Hunter D? I still love it. I really, really, really do. Like I said, as I'm older, I can see some of the analysis a little more. Mm-hmm. I'm not so naive, to, as I said, to think that some of the slower scenes aren't cost savings. Right. Some of it, though, is... It's, it sets the mood. It sets the mm-hmm. tone. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. The music behind it, and you get the emotion there. Yeah. It's a fairly simple story, mm-hmm. uh, but it doesn't need to be anything super complex. Right. Character design is amazing. Mm-hmm. A lot of the character motivations are cool. 
there's a handful of things that need to be fleshed out a little bit. Like, I don't know why Ray went full face turn and saved Dan. That seems like he had no, not a no character, reason. no reason to. No. I'm not entirely sure why Lamika made a face turn until she got the truth revealed to her. Right. Well, I guess if we go back to uh, Rage and Sai, his motivation was... To be a vampire. He, well, he wanted to be a vampire, and he was constantly turned away. So he thinks, well, screw it, I'll just take power. Well, no, I get that part, but why yeah. save Dan? Why bother? I don't know. I'm it's not... just a middle finger to the vampire. Maybe. Hey. Maybe. Like, so there's nothing really redeeming or positive about him, even that, before he dies. Aside from saving the kid, which, you're right, does come out of nowhere. Yeah, I'm okay with him being a bad guy who just turns on the other bad guy. Right. There's a little bit of a sexist, exploita- exploitative... Yeah. Uh, not a ton. No, but there's a, there's a little bit of it. A little bit of it. I feel like Doris is a... Sexy lamp. She, well, I she's, she has those moments, but she also has strength in her character. Like, she doesn't back down to D. She fights. She's. I, I'll give you that. She's. We've made a joke a couple times. She's not halfway. She's... Yeah. So I so I think that there's 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 a strong there's a strong aspect of her character. Yeah, I mean, the first dude she thinks that can help her, she tries to beat the shit out of, and then when she realizes she can't, she's like, "Okay, I'll pay you in meals and sex." Yeah, yeah. She understands the shitty world in which she lives and is desperate, but not desperate enough to go to an asshole. No, absolutely not. So yeah, she's. She's probably a better character, a better female character than I'm giving her credit for. Yeah, I think so. I mean, she doesn't really affect the plot a lot. Mm-hmm. They could still do this movie if she was just a sexy lamp they were fighting back and forth over. Yeah, absolutely you could. But she gets some moments. Yeah, she does. It is very much a product of its time. Yes. Like, it's it's not modern in feel, in animation, in... Yeah, the animation, even though it has moments that are really cool, you can definitely tell it's dated. Right. And that's not always a bad thing. No, it's not. Um, but it's there. Right. But I still love it for what it is. Okay. It's... I had a lot of fun watching it, but at the same time, it didn't, for me personally, hold up as well as I remember it. And I think part of that is is the critical eye in which I was watching it. You know, I think there were moments that, yes, while it establishes tone, I think there was some overdoing of some repetition. Um, there were a lot of quiet moments that I feel like they could have trimmed the movie down a little bit and got a little bit more into the 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 action. That said, I still enjoyed it. I still liked it. The character of D is is interesting. The bad guys were kind of interesting. Um, I, I think that's one of the biggest weaknesses of this particular anime. Like the Lee Count Lee, yeah, Count Lee is just, is, is just I'm evil vampire. Generic I have, evil vampire. I have no motivation. Yeah. Um, Rage and Sai is kind of interesting. I mean, I'll give him. A, I, I've I'll give always him a, liked him. I know you did. I know you you have liked him. I, I don't. I don't think his motivation is as fleshed out as it could be same thing with the daughter the daughter there are moments but like the the whole the two of them could definitely be better villains yes they could have done more to establish their connection or lack of connection Mm -hmm. given us a reason to know who they are or care a little bit more i definitely think they could have been they could have done more 
Right. But overall, still very fun, very spooky, gory. There's some gross darkness oh, to this. The gore is there. It yeah. brings the gore. It's 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 definitely something to watch this spooky spooky season. Yep. It is. Ten severed thumbs out of ten. Yep. For gore. Agreed. So I think that about does us this week. I think so. We should probably wrap it up. Probably should. It's late. Yeah, it's late. It is past eleven. Uh, it is very late for for me especially. I'm tired. Uh, but thank you so much again for joining us. This has been Tuning Japanese, a podcast where two dudes in their twenties. Whoa! Try time travel. Whoa! What the fuck? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Where two dudes in their 30s talk about anime. And, uh, my name's Andy. I'm Bill. And we will see you next time. I'm a vampire. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. Tuning Japanese is part of the Questionable Endeavor Network. For more information on other podcasts and articles, check out questandnetwork.com. While you're there, check out other great shows like the Shadow Vane Podcast, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, Slasher Sanitarium, Raw Attitude Podcast, New Blood Rising, the Reanimator Podcast, Fairless Pretenders, and our newest show, and sometimes their Scotch. <laughs>